1: Hey, Joshua, good to have you today. We're going to take questions from you guys, and I want to make a couple of announcements first. Hey, by the way, let me say this to you in case you didn't know. I posted this tweet from yesterday um, from my uncle, very interesting piece of news, the prophecy update, world leaders meet to create a temporary form of global government to fight the coronavirus outbreak. They wanna give the World Health Organization and the United Nations executive powers that would supersede national sovereignty. The UK U.K. leader said we need a coordinated global response. If you missed this, last night I did a broadcast during the Spirit of Faith sessions on how you can uh, be victorious over an antichrist agenda that's in the world today at work. And yesterday, in case anybody has been told the opposite, I gave you on the broadcast last night seven Bible reasons, seven Bible reasons why you can put your faith in the Word of God and believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, a pre-tribulation rapture. We will be out of here before the judgment of God begins on this earth during the period of the tribulation. So if you've ever been told, well, my God, we're in the beginning of the tribulation. And, you know, I've actually had people ask me on the broadcast, has the rapture already happened? If the, listen, I told him last night, if you've won, if you're wondering if the rapture has already happened, tune in to the broadcast ten thirty AM Monday through Friday And if I'm here teaching you, then the broadcast or then the rapture has not taken place because I'm not staying behind for any of the wrath of God. I've been exempted through salvation. I'm headed to heaven. And so don't let anybody tell you that the rapture has already happened or that we're in the middle of the tribulation. It's not happened yet. This is a period of time referred to by Jesus in the book of Matthew called, the beginning of sorrows. We're not in the tribulation yet. And so just let me encourage you. Uh, Christ is still on the throne. We're still victorious on the earth and you don't have to be afraid of anything that's going on. There's my friend, powerful preacher, Pastor Danny Haas is in the house today. Good to have you on too. Um, and so um, I know, right? Better get things right before I get left. Um, <laughs> I, want, I want to show you a verse in first Peter those of you that are on today, uh, first Peter chapter three. And uh, I wanted to read this to you because, uh, of course I believe the end times are here, Patty. I believe that we're in the end times. I just don't believe we're in the tribulation. We're in the end. We're in the end of days. No question. Um, in first Peter chapter three, and that's a good question. And I'll tell you why, by the way, Patty, that I do believe that in just a second, but and there's a uh, and L. Rinku asking the same question. Is it the end time? Let me let me address that question first, because I know people are wondering. Um, let me say this. Peter encouraged us uh in his first letter, listen to what he said, encourage believers. He said uh, in verse 15 of 1 Peter 3, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope. That is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. That means that means we're not uh, throwing uh, names and insults back and forth on social media uh, while we're trying to explain what we believe. We do it in love and respect, and we should have an answer for what we believe and why we believe it. For the hope that lies within us—that's Christ and our eternal security through our salvation. So, um, thank you, Alicia. I Appreciate that. Um, you're not supposed to save others. NL says, how can we save others if they laugh at us yet? You're not called to save others. You're called to preach the gospel. Some people will laugh at it. Some people will mock it. But the Bible says Jesus told the disciples, if you go to a place and they don't receive what you teach, he didn't say stay there for 20 years and bang your head against a brick wall. He said, shake the dust off of your feet and go somewhere else. So there's 7 billion people in the world if you believe that number, and there's plenty of people to reach with the gospel if you've got a few that are laughing at it. And so you just keep on working. You keep on doing what Christ called you to do. To answer the question, are we in uh, the last days? Are we in the final moments of time? The answer to that question, obviously, is yes. We are in the last days or the last moments of time. I'll give you some scriptural uh, backing for that in case... You're wondering how I can be so sure uh, that, the, uh, that we are in that time of, uh, of the final moments of, or the final days, final hours, as some are saying, final moments, as others are saying. And I do believe that's true. Um, one of the things, and as I taught last night, if you watched the broadcast, I gave you seven reasons. I gave seven reasons why you can believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And they're Bible reasons, and they are solid reasons why you can believe in it. But uh, one of the things that, that answers the question, how can we know we're in the end of time or the last days? Well, as I taught last night, although there are zero signs that precede the rapture of the church, zero, there are many signs that precede the second coming of Christ. When the rapture is taught about in scripture, it's taught about in such a way that we're to always be ready it's called the doctrine of imminency, the imminent return of Christ. Even the apostles believed he could come back at any moment. And they taught other believers to believe like that. Always be ready for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he would come like a thief in the night, an instant, in the moment, in the blinking of an eye. The Bible says in the uh, the twinkling of an eye will be changed. So it'll happen so quickly, it'll be instant, and nobody will be expecting it but we will be watching and waiting for it. However, the second coming of Christ will not happen in the twinkling of an eye. It will not be instantaneous. The whole world will see him return after many signs and wonders uh, that have been prophesied come to pass. So many things proceed, many signs precede the second coming, no signs. If you ever heard a preacher preach and say, my God, there's no more uh, prophecies that have to be fulfilled before Christ could come back. There have never been any prophecies that had to be fulfilled before Jesus could return and rapture his church. That would be a sign, but this is a signless coming. He could have come at any moment in time, at any moment in time. However, we're starting to see things already. And one of the things that I would explain to you about the end times, you read Matthew chapter 24, by the way, which is not a passage on the rapture. It is a passage on the second coming of Christ. When you study Matthew chapter 24, one of the things that you'll learn as Jesus is giving us signs of his second coming, uh, you'll see that the signs that he begins to mention are, are signs like these. Matthew 24 and verse four, see that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and they will lead many astray and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are big at the beginning of birth pains. Now that's an important phrase because one of the things you need to understand about what Jesus was teaching here is that the signs that you'll see are in reference to a pregnant woman. They are birth pains. And so if you were to give uh, sinners the word and say, well, let me tell you some signs that Jesus is coming soon. Earthquakes, pestilence, famine, wars, rumors of wars. You know what sinners would say? Those things have always been around. There's always been earthquakes. There's always been war and rumors of war. There's always been pestilence and famine. There's always, but Jesus didn't say that you will never have seen them before. He is referencing those signs as birth pains, contractions. So what does it mean? When you have, if you have a wife that's been pregnant, uh, you understand that when your first child was born, many people freak out. And they go to the hospital too early. That first time pregnant woman starts feeling those contractions. And she's like, get me to the hospital. This baby's coming. And you might get there a bit early. And the nurses will ask you, well, how far apart are the contractions? How far apart are they? And then if they're too far apart, you know what they'll say? Well, go home and don't come back until your contractions are five to 10 minutes apart. That's when you know that the baby's coming. Five to 10. So what Jesus is saying is. And of course, pregnant women have had contractions that start and they start small. But what happens is we're closer to the baby being born. The, The contractions get closer together and they get more intense. Closer together, more frequently, and more intense. That is what Jesus was teaching about these signs that he's mentioning. He's saying that the earthquakes, the famine, the pestilence, the war, the rumors of war, they will get closer together in frequency and they will grow in intensity. So as we're getting ready for Jesus to come back, you start to see these things are happening more and more often. It's like when you turn the news on, you can't even go through another news cycle without hearing of something else. I'll tell you another thing Christ said, Luke 17. He said before he returns that the world will be like it was in the days of Noah And in the days of Lot, well, if you want to know what that looks like, go back to the days of Noah. And the Bible says God looked at the earth and it was so full of violence and corruption that he was sorry he ever made man. So if you look at this, the world being filled with violence and corruption, Jesus said, it'll be that way again when I return. What? The earth filled with violence and corruption. Well, look at everything that's happening. You can't even let, I looked at a Pew Research Group uh, calendar about a year and a half ago. In the United States, they had a calendar and they colored in every day that there was a mass shooting of where three people or more died in the shooting. And there were only like 50 some days of the year where there was not what what they considered a mass shooting where had three or more deaths. It's happening closer and closer together and growing in intensity. Look at the terrorist attacks. Look at the things that are happening around the world, the rioting, the violence, the corruption. We're truly living in the days of Noah. Then you go on further to uh, um, the days of Lot. What was happening in the days of Lot? The days of Lot were days of extreme sexual perversion. Love you, Robert. Thanks for hanging. Days of extreme sexual perversion. As the two angels entered into Sodom and Gomorrah to remove Lot and his family from the towns before judgment came from heaven, the Bible says when the men of those cities saw the angels walking through town and going into Lot's house, The Bible says all the men of the city came to Lot's house, banged on the door, and said in the New Living Translation, where are those men who came into your house? Send them out to us so that we may all have sex with them. All of the men of those cities were so perverse that they were ready to rape the angels that had come from heaven to take Lot and his family out of the cities. Extreme, unashamed sexual perversion is, according to Christ, a sign of, of the times of the end. Look around the world. We are living in a time where people are not ashamed. They're not ashamed of their sexual perversion. They're not ashamed. The LGBTQ+, or asterisk, however you wanna say it, community is not ashamed of their lifestyle, not at all. They're proud, they're proud of it. Gay pride, you know, Pride Month, or whatever they're trying, all these different things. They're proud of it, not ashamed, proud. That is brazen, outward perversion. And so Jesus said, you'll see the world become like that before I return. It will be a sign unto you that the second coming is near. And so the best way to put this is like this. Although there are no signs of the rapture, if we're already seeing signs of the second coming and the rapture still hasn't happened, It shows you how much closer we are to the rapture since we're seeing signs for the second coming. A great illustration that I've heard given before is like if you were to go to Walmart and you, you know how every year they put Christmas decorations out earlier and earlier every year. Well, if you get to Walmart and you didn't know, for example, let's say you came out of a coma and, uh, and, um you just walked into Walmart not knowing what the date was and you saw all these Christmas decorations and you said to somebody, man, look at all these Christmas decorations. Has Thanksgiving even happened? And if somebody were to tell you, no, Thanksgiving hasn't even taken place yet. You would know from just seeing Christmas decorations that were that much closer to Thanksgiving. The same thing is true as you're seeing the signs and the wonders that, that are signs of the second coming of Christ, it shows you we're that much closer to the rapture of the church. And so the, even though those signs are not showing us that they're signs of the rapture, it shows us that we are closer to the rapture, but the rapture will happen without sign. It's a signless coming. And so that's an excellent question. But I could go on to teach about the re the reformation of Israel as a nation. You know Jesus taught in Matthew 24 when you see the fig tree bud and bloom again. He was talking to Jews regarding the nation of Israel, which is which had been uh, really taken over and destroyed by the Romans, and the Jewish people uh, called the diaspora went through the whole earth. They were dispersed through the whole earth, and in 1948, as Jesus prophesied specifically would happen on May the 14th, you saw Israel reborn and rebirthed as a nation again. And Jesus said, the generation who sees this take place will not pass from the earth before all of these things come to pass. So the sign of Israel being reborn as a nation is a massive sign that we're in the last moments of time. Um, Let me go back through here. There were some other questions that, that, uh, that came up. And it's important. I mean, it's extremely important that we see these things. Because it's, uh, you know, it should be a sign to us that it's time to wake up, it's time to live for the Lord and get to work. Jesus said in John 9, chapter 4, or chapter 9, verse 4, that we've got to work the works of him who sent us while it's still day, for the night is coming. That's to answer NL's question what should we do during the end time? Get to work, see souls saved, see people being delivered. Steve Lee pastor Steve Lee Israel lived intense in the Old Testament so your example of birth famings become more intense is biblical oh lord and they call this comedy um (laughs) I mean there's so many things Julie asks, is it true that the antichrist has no desire for a woman is it true that the antichrist the bible does say he will be without natural affection he will be without natural affection. And so there are, there has been a debate, Julie, about what the Bible means when it says that regarding the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist. Some people believe that it means he will be gay. Others will be will believe that it means that he'll be so uh, set on establishing the one world system and the satanic rule and the Antichrist agenda that he'll not have time for marriage or not have time for a wife that he'll, he'll not care about being married or care about having a family because he's so um, wrapped up in doing what the what Satan wants accomplished with an antichrist agenda. So some people believe it means he's gay. Other people believe it means he'll just not have natural affection for a wife or family. But an excellent question. Um, a great book, by the way, uh, that is that is available. I mentioned The End by Mark Hitchcock, but he also put out more of a reference guide called 101 Answers to the Most Frequently Asked Questions About Bible Prophecy. And there's a whole section in there answering questions about the Antichrist. Excellent, excellent reference book uh, to just keep around if you have questions about prophecy and end time prophecy. 101 Answers to the Most Frequently Asked Questions About Bible Prophecy by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. It's a must get for sure if you have these kind of questions and want them quickly answered. I love it. It's a really great one. he had something that he said, uh, I want to read it to you because I think I have it on my phone. He said something regarding the antichrist that I thought was so well said and so well done because he starts to describe what he will be like um which is which is a question many people have you know what what will the antichrist be like? and um let me just see where I have the book because this, this is a pretty interesting uh, description of the Antichrist. Let me see where I got it. Mason said, I've heard that some people uh, say the Antichrist is already raising up. What do you think? Well, think about this for a second. The Jesus actually said this. No man knows the day or the hour of my return. Only the Father in Heaven knows that. Only the Father in Heaven knows. Which means that even the devil doesn't know. Even the devil doesn't know when it's going to take place. So logically, wouldn't that mean, wouldn't that mean that the devil would have had to have an Antichrist ready to go in every generation? Since he does not know when Christ is coming Shouldn't he have an antichrist ready to go in every generation? I think the answer to that is yes, because he does not know. Here it is: the antichrist. I thought this was, uh, I thought this was an interesting description. Listen to what he said. He said, uh, "What will the antichrist be like?" And then he uses scripture to back it up. Number one, he will be an intellectual genius. Daniel eight twenty three. Number two, he will be an oratorical genius. He'll be great at public speaking. Daniel 11:36, 36, Revelation 13, two and six. Number three, he will be a political genius. Daniel 9, 27, Revelation 17, 11 and 12. Number four, he will be a commercial genius. Daniel 11, 43, Revelation 13, 16. Number five, he will be a military genius. And that's Revelation 6, two and 13, 2. Number six, he will be a religious genius, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, and Revelation 13, 8. So listen to how he, he broke this down. This is so interesting. He said, to help us better envision what the Antichrist will be like, H.L. Wilmington has provided this helpful analogy with American presidents. The coming world ruler will possess the leadership of a Washington and Lincoln, the eloquence of a Franklin Roosevelt. The charm of a Teddy Roosevelt, the charisma of a Kennedy, the popularity of an Ike, the political savvy of a Johnson, and the intellect of a Jefferson. Interesting. Yeah, Joe Biden is not the Antichrist. He is not intelligent enough to be the Antichrist. <laughs> Even the devil cannot use Joe Biden. <laughs> It's sad when you're like not even smart enough for the devil to use you. It's like, man, I really wanted him to uh, pr- push my antichrist agenda forward, but he's just not smart enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny, Priscilla. And so that's an excellent question. But um, I don't know that uh, the president, Andrew, moving the cap the embassy to Jerusalem and recognize the Capitol is necessarily a sign. I think it's a good thing. I don't know that it's a, a Bible sign uh, of the end times, but it was definitely, I, I thought it was a good thing. Um, good to have you on, Nelly. Thank you. Yeah, take a minute to share. We're going to do some, tribu- some trivia in just a moment. Um, as pre-tribulation rapture believers, is it possible to believe that the devil can't even pick an antichrist until we are gone? Well, that's a good question, Brandon, but I think of it this way. I taught on this last night. The Antichrist agenda is already here and at work, the Bible teaches. And so as you can see, I mean, think of how in-depth it's going to have to be to be a global system, a worldwide uh, framework for this to take place. It's going to have to be very, very detailed and very planned. And so those things have to already be being set up or in transition. But um, I think more or less, uh, because it's going to be quick. We'll be gone and be ushered into a seven-year period of tribulation. So seven years is not a long time to get things done. And remember, only the three and a half years at the end are the time when the one-world rulership system sets up. So it's a very short period of time And if you think of it in that way. Of course, for the people going through it, it'll feel like forever. But I think that he has to be ready at all times because of the fact it's such an intricate system, and things need to be ready to go when the church is gone. But I—that's, of course, that's my opinion. But I—I I, I think that that would be more more logically accurate. Um, thank you, Juan. Uh, how can I move to the next the question from Juan? How can I move to the next level in my faith? How can I take my fasting and prayer to a new level? That's an, that's also an excellent question. Um, well, faith comes by a few different avenues. Number 1, it's given to us by God. God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So everybody has some measure of faith. Number 2, Romans 10:17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to build your faith, listen to preaching and teaching that builds faith. Don't listen to preaching and teaching that detracts from your faith bunch of doubt and unbelief preachers listen to people that are building faith and preaching with the spirit of faith that's number two and then of course getting around miracle ministries is a way to build faith because the bible says in john 2 23 as well as in acts chapter 8 many believed on jesus name when they saw the miracles which he did so by seeing his signs wonders and miracles the bible says it built faith in the people who saw them take place. Same thing happened to, the, to those that became believers in Samaria in Acts chapter eight. When they saw the signs and wonders and miracles Philip was performing, it caused them to believe on the name of Jesus and the gospel he was preaching. So number one, you have faith because God gave it to you. Number two, you can increase it by listening to preaching and teaching. And number three, by connecting to miracle ministries and seeing signs and wonders and miracles, that's also a way to build your faith, and I'll tell you, go on YouTube and watch Miracle Ministries at work. Watch those signs and wonders and miracles happen and in action. That will build your faith just doing that. And so, um, that's correct, Kristen. In in, In a sense, he has not yet become the Antichrist. She said, won't we not be on the earth when the Antichrist is on the earth? In a technical sense, he hasn't become the Antichrist yet, Uh, although he's being groomed in every generation. But uh, the thing that begins the tribulation is that the Antichrist makes a peace treaty with Israel. So we'll not be here, according to what I taught last night, what I believe from the word of God, for any portion of the seven years of tribulation. So we will be gone before, I believe, before he is uh, risen to power in the form of the Antichrist. But that's a good question. Very good question. Um, yeah, if you have questions, please send them in. Why, Brianna asks, why do some people not believe in the seven years of tribulation? Um, Brianna, what do you mean by that? What What do you mean that they don't believe in the seven years of tribulation? Do you believe that they mean that the thing, are you saying that they believe that the what's described in the book of Revelation is just figurative? That it won't actually happen. It's just some somehow a, a, a metaphorical story or, you know, I don't know. I, explain what you mean by that. Nicholas asks, do you think they'll blame aliens when the rapture takes place? I think that we our minds have been uh, conditioned to a lot of alternate theories. So that when, you know, let's just say, for example, at a very liberal estimate, let's say 1.4 billion people, that's all Christians and Catholics, let's say 1.4 to 1.7 billion people leave the earth in a moment of time. How are they going to explain that? How are they going to, are they going to explain the absence of you know over one-seventh of the population of the earth? Just gone. They'll have to say something. They'll have to say something. They'll have to say they were abducted. Some people will say Mother Earth purged itself of those that weren't taking care of the environment. Some people will say aliens abducted them. There'll be all kinds of stories, but they'll have to say something, Nicholas, because we'll be gone. We will be gone. (laughs) Cyrena Gamble on YouTube says, as being people of God, we're called to be different, not go along with people being cruel. That's a very hurtful thing that was said about Joe. Well, it wasn't necessarily that I was insulting him. It's that in every press conference that he gives, he shows himself to be less and less coherent. He can't even get the verbiage of his own campaign right. Saying that he's running for Senate, saying that we cannot win the re-election, we must re-elect Donald Trump, and he's running against Donald Trump. I'm just making an observation that he's not even smart enough to be used by the devil. So take a chill pill, Cyrita. Take it right now with some water and Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> yes, I know of TB Joshua. I don't follow him. You can catch the spirit of faith. That's right, by impartation. Pastor Bill Motley jumped on. You can catch the spirit of faith by impartation. I believe that. I totally believe that. In fact, um, Paul said to Timothy, and the book that I'm releasing further faster is about impartations coming out in just a few weeks. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that lies within you that came through the laying on of my hands. So Timothy received something from Paul through the laying on of hands. I believe part of it was a spirit of faith. He reminds him, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Love Pastor Bill Motley. Say, Rita, we are talking deep when we don't have the basics down yet. You need to talk nice about politicians before you teach on the rapture. <laughs> Morning, Ted and Ashley. Um, you know, Ruby, and I hate to say this uh, in a way that it seems like I'm trying to sell something because I'm, I'm not. It's just that I took all the time, five hours to teach on this. Uh, I, I released a course in Miracle Word University called Divine Healing. And it's how you can walk in divine healing, how you can receive divine healing. Of course, go back through my YouTube. It's all free. Go back through my podcast. It's all free. I teach on things that can hinder you from receiving healing. Uh, what holds Christians back? I have an actual series called Why Are Christians Sick and How You Can Be Free. But in divine healing and in that, in that, that uh, USB drive and also in the CD set that I released, I teach for hours on why Christians remain sick and don't receive their healing. And uh, that I did that because, Ruby, that's one of the number one asked questions that we have. What hinders people from receiving healing? It would take too long to answer it all, but I taught for five hours at Miracle Word University and four hours on that, uh, on that set. But let me tell you, Ruby, if you are suffering with that, let me know. Send a message to J- jenna, J-E-N-N-A, at miracleword.com and give us your address, and for free, I will send you that whole CD set, Why Are Christians Sick and Suffering and How You Can Be Free. I'll give that to you. If you're, if that's you, you're suffering with sickness in your body. I'd be happy to give that to you. Ruth asks, why do so many Christians believe that we'll be here for part of the tribulation? I think it, and, and, and listen, let me just say, I'm not vilifying them. I'm not, uh, I wouldn't vilify any Christians that, uh, have a different belief system regarding the, the rapture because there are many, many believe in a mid tribulation rapture. Many believe in a post tribulation rapture. Um, but I would say it's because that they don't, maybe they've never been taught the reasons we believe in a pre tribulation rapture, even prophecy scholars, and I know that they even differ in their belief systems. But like Dr. Mark, Mark Hitchcock was an understudy of J. Dwight Pentecost, these men have spent their lives studying end times Bible prophecy. And they that's why I like the book The End so much is because Dr. Hitchcock doesn't just give you his theory of what he believes from the scripture. He gives you all of them as well as why they're believed, but then says, as a, as a Bible scholar, I believe that the pre-tribulation rapture holds the most scriptural weight of all of the different ideologies about the rapture, and so there are things that people base their faith on from Scripture, uh, Ruth, that that are mid or post-tribulation raptures. But even men like um, Dr. Hitchcock say this is why the the uh, the majority, the the weight of biblical proof rests. And I gave you all those seven last night on the broadcast rests on a pre-tribulation rapture. I know, many, many Americans, many people around the world, not just Americans, he's saying during the end times, why don't Americans still believe in Jesus? Many Americans do, but many Americans don't. Many people around the world don't believe that Jesus is Lord or that he's been raised from the dead. So um, it's just, it's prophecy being fulfilled uh, NL it's, it's the fact that Jesus said that the road that we're to walk is straight and it's a narrow path. And there's only a few that will find it. That's Bible prophecy. It's not the majority of people that will be saved. It will be the minority few there be that find it not many few. And so that's just Bible prophecy being fulfilled. Well, God, uh, Candace is asking about the Ark of the Covenant, why God was so specific and what he said. Just like he was with the temple, this was something to be used for his glory. It was something to use to carry his power. And uh, if you know, you've studied the Ark of the Covenant, you know that there are three elements in the Ark. There was a golden pot of manna representing the provision of God. There was Aaron's rod that budded, representing the authority of God. And there was a the copy of the Ten Commandments, which was represented the uh the order of God, and they would be carried around, carried into battle, and God would fight on their behalf. It carried his glory and power. That's why he was so specific about it, how it was to be designed, and how it was to be handled as well. Uh, Justice is asking, so is this coronavirus going on a part of the end times or just media mind games? I would have to say that anything that represents a plague, a pestilence, or a virus that takes place now not because in and of itself or by itself but because of everything else that's happening it would just be another thing that's a part of the end times you know it's not like the it's not like the virus isn't real you know as far as it may have been blown out of proportion in its scale but it's not that it's not real there are actual deaths from it but it's just another one of the things along with everything else I'm not looking at coronavirus and saying uh, you know Um, that this, you know, I'm not saying that the coronavirus in and of itself is a sign of the end times. I would say that it's a part of end times signs under pestilence and and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it's interesting. It, to me, it's very interesting. Uh, So let me look at this here. Dementia. Exactly. What is impartation? Uh, Kristen's asking, what is impartation? That's a good question because, uh, and that's one of the reasons I'm releasing the book, because most people don't teach it or don't know what it is. So impartation basically is the ability to transfer an attribute, a quality, or a characteristic to something where it was not previously resident. So let me give you an example. Um, if there's a ball that is still laying on the ground, if I run up and kick that ball, I just imparted force and momentum to the ball. Previously, it didn't have any forward motion, force or momentum. But when I, in my strength, kicked it, I imparted forward motion, I imparted force and I imparted momentum to the ball. In the book, I start by telling a story about my two daughters, how they're super competitive. And when we were uh, swimming in the pool one day, you know, and Brooklyn was very young at the time, and and she was just learning to swim. Maddie was already a very good swimmer. And um, Maddie kept on beating Brooklyn in in races in the pool over and over. Brooklyn was getting so mad and frustrated, she started to cry. And, uh, and, and it, it was so sad, you know, cause Maddie's so competitive. She won't even let her little sister win a race. So I said, let's do one more race. Let's do one more. And Maddie was ready to go. She's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to count it off. We're going to run to the other end of the pool or swim to the other end of the pool. Well, I got behind little Brooklyn and I said, three, two, one, go. And when I said that Maddie launched off the wall and started under the water swimming as hard as she could, well, I picked Brooklyn up and threw her way past Maddie in the pool and then she started kicking and swimming but she was already far beyond Maddie and then Maddie comes up for air and sees Brooklyn is already at the other side holding the wall and she like just confused and she turned around and noticed what I did and she was like "Oh, she's like dad but what I did was that I through the strength that I have imparted The ability for my daughter, which this is the title of the book, to go further faster. And that's what impartation does. It makes you effective. It gives you power. It allows you to do more than you could in your own natural ability. And so when I imparted my strength to Brooklyn, she was able to actually go beyond someone, Madeline, who had more strength than her, who was a better swimmer than her. But because Brooklyn was connected to me, she was able to go further faster. I imparted my strength to her. And that happens uh, throughout the word of God and it's God's system of promotion in the body of Christ. Andrew, the the answer to that, who are the 144,000 mentioned in revelation? Those are Jewish evangelists, Jewish evangelists. Yes. After the seven years of tribulation, uh, we will have a, um, uh, the Bible says the second coming of Christ will take place. He will divide the sheep and goat nations. And then of course uh, by the end of time, by the end of time, after the millennium, uh, where the enemy will be loosed one more time and he'll gather an army together to himself to fight against Christ. But the Bible says that Christ himself will defeat the enemy by the breath of his mouth and the glorious appearing of his coming. And they, will, he and everyone that follows him will be cast into the eternal lake of fire at the end of the millennium. Excellent question. Cyreta <laughs> said it's not fair because I don't sound like that <laughs> I love it um, healing the, yeah that's a great book Ruby as well Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne DJH asks what is your opinion on Christians following a man of God that flows heavy in prophecy and are willing to die for their leader the focus is on the man of God instead of Jesus. Well, if that person is taking the glory for himself, if it, you know, it making it more like a cult than it is about Christianity, that's a problem. You know, that that's a problem. People can venerate a person and, and worship them in a higher form than they do even Christ, and it's a problem when you take God's glory. The Bible says He will share His glory with no man, no woman. And so, the gifts of the Spirit are not there to lift us up above Christ. They are to point people to Christ. And so I would be very wary of a movement where somebody uh, is more worshipful of a man than they are of Christ or that the gifts of the spirit are being used to draw glory to a man rather than to point people to Jesus Christ. And that's, an, that's an excellent question and, and excellent private message me who you're talking about because I would like to know. I would really like to know. You know, interesting question. One of the things, Fabiola, this is more of a difficult question regarding the mercy and the grace of God. She's asking, what about those who are deaf and mute regarding hearing the word of God? And what about those that are mentally disabled, you know, uh, that are developmentally slow, et cetera? I would say, well, one of the things that that we have the the working of miracles for is to bring those people healing, the deaf to to hear, the, the mute to speak. Uh, but of course, if I remember, even there at um, even there at the church, there's a ministry of signing to deaf people so that they can at least understand what's being preached and taught. So the word can come to them, even at the basest form of sign language, the word of God can come to those people. For those that are battling, uh, maybe they're mentally disabled or they they have a de- developmental challenge. One of the things that I have to rely on is the mercy and the grace of God. For example, if someone's mind never develops beyond a baby or a young child that can't understand and reason these things, it's interesting to me that King David said when his child died, uh, he stopped mourning when he heard the child was was dead, and he said, I will see my child again one day, showing us that, and by the inspiration of the Spirit, that David believed his child would be in paradise and that he would see his child again one day. So we can only rely on the mercy and the grace of God that the same is happening for those that their understanding has never moved beyond that of a, of a child or a baby and believe that God uh, would, would make a way for them. It's different than those that grow up and then begin to reject even the things Paul said we see in nature that prove the existence of God. So it's different than that. It's, it's different than that. So just just to give you that, that caveat, because there are people that say, well, if that's the case, then we shouldn't preach to anyone so that everyone's ignorant of the gospel. That's not an excuse. Paul said in Romans 1, even nature, what you see in nature is enough that no one has the ability to reject the knowledge of God. And so you can't say, well, let's just not preach the gospel. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Yes, we not only hope, NL, He said, can we hope that unbelievers will be saved before our Lord returns? Not hope. We'll get out and do the work and preach the gospel and see them get saved. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Not hoping and not praying. Getting out and doing the work. Um. Chris Greener is asking on Facebook, if the rise of the globalist agenda is supposed to usher in the Antichrist, then is it God's will, everything that's going on with the globalist agenda? Well, uh, it's obviously not God's will for people to be sick, hurting, destroyed. It's not God's will for wicked things to happen uh, to people. However, these things are prophesied in scripture, which means they will come to pass, which ultimately means they are the will of God uh, but that's why I say, uh, one, another great proof that will be gone, why would God have a will to redeem his children from destruction and sickness, disease, and sin to only then put them through those crushing times of the tribulation? See, it's not God's will for that to take place. So it is God's will to remove us from the earth before he carries out his Uh, destruction and and punishment of those who have rejected Christ and the sacrifice of Christ. Excellent question. And I'm sorry if that was a little quick and deep for some people that were listening, because that's a lot to think about and take in, uh, the will of God regarding end times prophecy and the way that it looks evil in the natural to some, but understanding that God is actually about to pour out his wrath upon the earth. Let me just say this to you. Because people say this about an Old Testament God. Well, he was really, really rough in the Old Testament, and now he's like he's some nice God in the new. No, he's the same God. But when you see God dealing out judgment for sin, please understand this. It is always good, always good when God judges sin, it's a good thing. Say, so how can you say we have a good God when so many he killed so many in the Old Testament? It is always God good when God judges sin. It's always utterly holy when God judges sin. Listen, when God pours out his wrath and judgments during the time of the tribulation, that will be a good thing, not a bad thing. It'll be good because those are people who have rejected Christ. And so judgment for sin is a good thing. When they are all cast into the lake of fire, when Satan and his demons, fallen angels, and those who have fought against the knowledge and suppressed the knowledge of the truth and rejected their sacrifice of Christ, made themselves enemies of God. When he judges them eternally, it will be a good thing, not a bad thing. So when you see these things happening, it's important to understand when God judges sin, it's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yes, Pastor Bill said Joshua received wisdom from Moses. I deal with that in the book that's coming out. He was imparted wisdom from Moses, and then the entire nation of Israel transferred their their allegiance to Joshua rather than Moses. Yes, Ruth Smith Wigglesworth imparted gifts to Lester Sumrall, and his yeah, the spirit of power. Yes, exactly, absolutely. One, that's a great question, and it's one, I talked to somebody else about it this morning. I could do an entire broadcast, and maybe I will, on the story of Job and what's actually happening in that book, because so many people get it wrong. So many people get it wrong. And so maybe in the future, I'll do an entire podcast or broadcast on that very subject. Amen, Diana. Thank you. Clay, love you. It's good to see you on. Good to see you on. That's right. Ignorance is no excuse for not following the law. Andrew said, I heard a minister say that we cannot rebuke Satan because he's the God of this world and only a God can rebuke a God. Is this accurate or do we have authority through Christ to do so? Let me ask you a question. Did Christ, can you ever see a picture in the New This is the easiest way to get get this question answered. Is there ever a picture of Christ rebuking the devil or demons in the New Testament? If so, then he said in John 14, 12, the works that I do, you will do also and greater works than these. Not to mention, do you think Christ can rebuke the devil? Of course he can. And we are part of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are one with Christ. And if you want to look at it that way, God called his people gods in the Bible. Read Psalm 82, 6. Read John 10, 34. Jesus referred to that when dealing with the Pharisees. He said, I thought your own law called uh, people whom, to whom the word of God came gods. And, and the Bible does say that. God does call them Elohim. He calls them gods in the Hebrew language. And so it's because we've been made one. What does the Bible say in the Gospel of John? It says, to as many as believed on Jesus' name, to them gave he power to become sons of God. We are all sons of God now. Carry God's power. The devil is far below us and we can rebuke him. We can absolutely and with full assurity rebuke him. Just because you don't have full understanding, Rob, doesn't make you a bad Christian. You're doing your best best to be faithful. You pray every day, read Scripture, listen to Holy Ghost music, attend meetings. A lot of topics I don't uh, I don't understand. There's a lot of people that love the Lord that don't understand every topic. But that all that means is we keep on studying, we keep on seeking a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Keep on being faithful. It doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. Many Christians need understanding, and you know what the Bible says? Let me read you a verse, Rob. So that you're encouraged, go to the book of James and uh, listen to chapter one and verse five. Listen to this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. So if you feel like you need more wisdom, Bible says, just ask God, he'll give it to you and he won't rebuke you for asking for it. Excellent question. Lisa is asking, if someone doesn't make it in the rapture, will they have the opportunity to get saved during the tribulation? I have heard that if they had a chance before the rapture, yes, that is correct, Lisa. If they had a chance to be saved before the rapture and they rejected it, they will not have a chance to be saved after the rapture. Let um, Let me give you the scripture on that. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Verse five: Do you not remember what I that that when I was with you I told you all these things, and you know that the that what is restraining the Antichrist now so that he may be revealed in this time? Uh, let me let me jump down to um, verse nine: The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. Verse ten: And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. They refused it. Look at verse 11, therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false, verse 12, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe in the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So if you read 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12, you'll see the answer there is to those that rejected the truth. The Bible says they refuse to love the truth and be saved so God will send a strong delusion so that they can be judged. So that's the answer, Lisa. If people had an opportunity to hear the gospel and receive it before the uh, rapture, they will not believe it after the rapture and they will be judged during the tribulation and afterward. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent question. That's Christian. That's the question I I answered before. Are people that are not of a sound mind automatically saved? I can't make those judgments. They're going to be on God because God, only God knows the state of a person's heart and whether or not they have understanding and are rejecting the truth. I cannot answer those kinds of questions because they're on the integrity and mercy of God only. (laughs) Thanks, Julie. Maybe I will do a Q and a book sometime. I mean, Uh, they're great questions they're excellent questions love you love you Rob thank you see you soon in in Sarnia we love Pastor Tim Gibb and Miss Kim if she's watching we love you also both of you are loved don't think I'm playing favorites (laughs) amen we've been made one that's right Tim absolutely right let's give away some gift cards here in a second Let's give let's give away some gift cards and do some trivia. That's right, brother Frank. It's a blessing to work for the Lord. Blessing. Yeah, Kristen uh, Fabiola asked that question about those that are deaf and mute and those that have learning disabilities and developmental issues, and so we have to really just trust the Lord and his and and his grace and mercy. Because uh, oh, she is watching. I felt it down deep in my spirit, and I just didn't want you to think that you were left out. And in the same way God is no respecter of persons, I am no respecter of persons. I don't just love Pastor Tim Gibb. I love Pastor Kim Gibb. Both of them are wonderful people of God and doing a phenomenal job at a powerful church in Canada. And uh, I can't wait to be back with them in the month of May. I'm ready to start traveling. Again, I am done being locked up in quarantine. My God, I'm getting out of this place. No, I, I enjoy. I enjoy being with you guys on the broadcast. Let me see if I got some trivia questions here. So you guys know how we do this, right? Um, we do these these questions so that when I ask them, <laughs> Zach said I want to answer, but if I win any questions, don't give me another gift card. <laughs> hey, to the to the winner go the spoils. <laughs> um, let's let's do this. So I'm going to ask the question. For every every question, what I'll do is I'll do a $10 Amazon gift card for every right answer. So $10 to Amazon for every right answer. Uh, Today is Carissa's due date for her baby? Wow. I pray she has the best ever delivery. (laughs) And Britt said she's not going to play against you, Zach. Zach. She doesn't like your internet connection is faster and she doesn't like that your fingers are faster. Um, So what we'll do is I'll ask the question and then according to my comments section that I see here, not what you guys see, first right answer I see is the one who gets the gift. So I gotta be very clear. And I can see all three uh, streams. I can see YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope all right here in a timeline. So best I'm gonna do, is first one I see. (laughs) There's a lot of people that can quote scripture that don't believe it. Satan can do that, Kelly. Satan can do that. All right, you ready for this? Here we go. I'm giving away gift cards. Let's get rolling, baby. Hallelujah. All right, y'all ready? Oh, don't say that, Britt. You have a spirit of wisdom. First question Y'all ready? Got your fingers all warmed up? I can't believe I haven't seen Caitlin Lavalley today. I'm calling you out, Caitlin, because I have not seen your name pop up as if you got better things to do locked in to your house with the kids and Mike. Um, I'll put a number so that I know that after my number, the answers are coming. This is question one. So by the way, when you're answering, you put the number of the question also. This is question one. I need to know because some people lag so badly that they're like answering question one after I've asked question four. So I'm gonna put number one in the comments and then you put one and answer the question correctly. Y'all ready? Let's do it. One, boom. All right, first question. Who were the first apostles called to follow Jesus? The first two. Who were the first two apostles called to follow Jesus? I wish I had the, why don't I have the Jeopardy music ready to play? I could do it with my mouth, but it just doesn't, doesn't work. Uh, First two apostles called to follow Jesus, name them, name them in the comments section. Hey, Susan Padovano, that is exactly right. Andrew and Peter, Susan Padovano, you are the winner. There's my friend, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. I always mess up that name, Malkanji, Malkanji, Malkanji. That's right. Peter and Andrew. Susan Padovano is the winner. It was Peter and Andrew. Great job. All right, we're moving on. Question number two. By the way, by the way, and let me put this in. Hey, Carolyn. Oh, I'm sure. Pfft. Pfft. Letty. telling on Caitlin. Carolyn, do me a favor pin Jenna's email address to Facebook actually I'll put it in myself I wish I wish uh, this would let me pin Jenna's email address I it on Miracle Word. oh you did yeah. okay I just want to make sure I want to make sure everybody saw Jenna on the that I it. I'm on restream so I don't see it I can I can only see the restream thing but if you don't know it's Jenna at miraclewordministries.com so now Susan we'll bless you we're we're happy to bless you. We're not finding you so if you want your yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we want we need to know your email address, so please email us. Uh for those for those of you that are getting gift cards. Jenna at miracleword.com. That's so nice. Look at TJ. Whatever gift card he wins, he will graciously donate to, to COVID 19 Relief Fund. I'm giving I'm gonna give mine to the human fund from Seinfeld, if you guys remember that. All right, here we go. Two. Question number two. Finish this verse. In every battle, you will need faith as your blank to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. You see that? In every battle, you will need faith as your blank to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. Finish that verse. Are you ready? That's number two. Hey, Buddy Crabtree in the house. George, that's right, George. It's the human fun. It's people helping people. (laughs) That's it. Buddy Crabtree is in the house with the right answer. Look at that. Nailed it. Fast fingers. Killing it. All right, here we go. Number three. Third question. According to the Gospel of Matthew... Where does Jesus' first sermon take place? According to the Gospel of Matthew, where did Jesus preach his first sermon? Somebody pop it in. Man, Teresa's way behind, still answering question one. According to the Gospel of Matthew, where does Jesus' first sermon take place? Kelly, I will accept that answer, the Mount of Olives. It was the Sermon on the Mount. That's correct. It's the Mount of Olives. Kelly Berardi, you are the winner. Question number three, way to go. Excellent job. Here we go, number four. Number four, Alex is jumping on. Look at Alex. The Mount. The Mount. Good job. Question number four, get ready for this. Who murdered John the Baptist? Who murdered John the Baptist? That's question number four. Who murdered John the Baptist for $10. Who's got this? Question four. Who is the murderer of John the Baptist? I need the whole name. I need the whole name. Whole name. First person with the whole name. First person with the whole name. That's literally true, TJ, but I want the one, the full name. Herod is right. Herod who? There it is. Ariana. Ariana McKnight. Herod Antipas. That's right. You're the winner of question number four. You are the winner. Here we go. Five. Question number five. Which prophet of God did Jezebel want to kill? A lot of questions about killing in this thing today. Which prophet of God did Jezebel want to kill? That's number five. Somebody bump into it for 10 Amazon dollars. Which Old Testament prophet? Look at TJ. TJ Malkanji coming in, brought to you by Diet a Root Beer. TJ's right. He's the winner. It was Elijah. Everybody's getting that one right. Really, really good. Um... Here's another one, y'all ready? What is this, number six? Boom, number six, here we go. Which prophet fought with God? I didn't make up these questions, so the wording of them is not my wording. These are straight up internet questions. Which. <laughs> she felt guilty and joined us. <laughs> which look look Andrew Columbia on YouTube Andrew Columbia coming in with the right answer Jacob great answer and on the on the money Jacob is right man everybody's getting it right everybody's getting it right TJ was a close second Jacob And later though, Brandon, it says it was the Lord. Look at this. Number seven, U.S. Cellular, stinking U.S. Cellular. Number seven, which personality in the Bible got blinded by a bright light on his way to Damascus? Which personality in the Bible got blinded by a bright light on his way to Damascus? Can anybody tell me? And I'm looking for the exact technical name. Who got blinded? Hey. Who's coming up? They're coming up fast. Nope, not Paul. Hey, I'm giving it. You know who I'm giving it to? Zach Wilson, because he gave the technical name Saul of Tarsus. It wasn't Paul, he was still Saul at that time. Saul of Tarsus. Zach, you're the winner. Happy birthday. Happy birthday win for Zach on that one. All right. Here's a good one. This is number eight. Boom. Number eight. How old was Abraham when Isaac was born? How old was Abraham when Isaac was born? Who's got this? Who got the authority? I want Abraham's age when Isaac, his son, was born. Miss D on YouTube, 100, nailed it. Miss D, please email jenna at miracleword.com. We're sending you a gift card. 100 is right. He was 100, not a million years old, Andrew. He was 100. (laughs) That's too easy of a question. Let me go with another one here. Here's number nine. Okay, here's one. Catch this, Bible scholars. Catch this, you theologians. Uh, Which happened first in the Bible? Which of these two things happened first? The murder of Abel or the great flood? Which happened first? The murder of Abel or the great flood? Oh, Caitlin, so happy to have you join us on the broadcast. (sighs) Phew. Which happened first? Question number nine. Murder of Abel? Great flood. Oh, they're coming in quick now. Where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, that's not right. Uh, My nephew, Alex Iaquinto on YouTube, Abel. It was Abel. Nailed it. The chicken or the egg? No, I'm not asking that question. All right, let's see here. <laughs> all right, I'll do one more. What is the, What number are we on anyway? It's nine, right? I'll do a 10th question. I'll do a 10th question. You all ready? Boom, 10. Then after we get, this is round one. After we finish round one, the stakes go up because we're going from $10 questions to $20 questions. Y'all ready for this? $10 questions to $20 questions. Here, here's the, the 10th question at level one. How many people were saved on Noah's Ark? How many people were saved from dying in the flood? Because some people say, well, you, it was a play on words. None of them were saved. Jesus hadn't come yet. No, how many were saved from the flood on Noah's Ark? That's question number 10. Who's got it? Marquise. Super quick on Facebook, Marquise Gayden. eight people, eight, eight people, Page coming in, just a little bit late, just a little bit late, Austin, what's up, good to have you on, eight people is the correct answer, Marquise was super fast on Facebook, all right, you ready for this? Now we're jumping into the serious round. Y'all ready? I don't think you are. I don't think you are. These might be a little bit, and I know some people are, listen, I know some people are using Google. You ready? Here we go. Man, these were supposed to be difficult. These are not difficult. All right, here's one. This is a good one. You ready? We're at at the more, this is level two. This is level two now. $20 questions. $20 questions. Here we go. We dealt with this in a moment ago. Here's, here's the other thing. The first sermon given by Jesus is often called the Sermon on the Mount. What other name is it known by? The first question of the second level. The first sermon of Jesus is often called the Sermon on the Mount. What other name is it also known by? Kelly Berardi nailed it. Kelly, that's your second gift card, isn't it? The Beatitudes, that's exactly right. Carrie Malkanjic is just so close right behind. Brandon, the Beatitudes, that's exactly right. It's the Beatitudes. Kelly, you are the winner. Oh, here's one. Carolyn, are you sending me now these are harder ones? Oh, that is a harder one. This is going to cause people to go straight to Google. I know it. Question number two on the second round. Woo. This is a hard one. I wouldn't have been able to answer this one without Google. Hard question for $20. Who was Abraham's second wife? Who was Abraham's second wife? This one, I know people are going to Google on this one. <laughs> they have to see. I, I wouldn't have be even been able to answer this question. What was the name? Nope, that was not his second wife. That was the maids. That was the handmaiden of Sarah. There it is, Tyler Copeland. Tyler Copeland in the house. Keturah. Keturah sounds like a name from Star Trek. Tell Keturah. Keturah is exactly right. It was Keturah Tyler Copeland. You are the winner of that one. Twenty bucks going up to Canada. Absolutely right. Um, Let's see here. All right, here's another one. Question three of the second level. You ready for this? How many pieces of silver did Joseph's brothers receive from Joseph's sale into slavery? How many pieces of silver did they sell Joseph for, his brothers? How many pieces of silver? Oh, nope. Nope. Y'all are thinking about Jesus and Judas. It's not 30. How many pieces of silver did they sell Joseph for? There it is. Miss D on YouTube, 20 pieces of silver, 20 pieces of silver. Excellent job. (laughs) Zach said, I heard silver and just took a shot. I remember that. Good job. Really, really good job. All right, here we go. Question number four at the second level. I love it. I'm going to do two more here. These are getting harder. That's too easy. People will know that one. Um, All right. Here's one. Question number four at the hard level. Who was the first high priest of Israel who was the first high priest of Israel I think most people will probably be able to get that first high priest of Israel for $20 who's got it not Eli not Melchizedek he was Prince of Salem King of Salem I should say Aaron Buddy Crab Tree brought to you by Diet NW Root Beer Buddy Crabtree is right. It was Aaron. Excellent, excellent job. All right, hold on. I'll do two more. Question number five at this level. After his crucifixion, who took Jesus' body down off the cross of Calvary? After his crucifixion, who took, and I want the full name, Who took Jesus' body down off the cross of Calvary? Who did it? Full name, T.J. Malkanji, Joseph of Arimathea. That is exactly right, exactly right. Joseph of Arimathea, good job. Killed it, that was for $20. All right, here's what we're gonna do. Oh, man. Uh huh. All right, here's what we're going to do. Last question. This is the big round. Carolyn, you have something really hard? I like the last one you sent me, but I think people may know it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to use the one you sent me, Carolyn. This one right here. Y'all ready for this? Big question here. Final question, climactic question. This one is worth $50. This one's worth $50. Last one. You ready? What is the name of the temple that Samson tore down on the Philistines? What is the name of the temple Samson tore down on the Philistines? It was the same temple in which they put the Ark of the Covenant. Where, what is that name? To which God was it attributed? Name it for 50 bucks. Last question, not Diana. That was in Ephesus. This is in Philistia. What was the name? Dagon. That's it. Buddy Crabtree, just, just, not dragon. (laughs) Not dragon. Temple of Doom. (laughs) It was not the Temple of Doom. (laughs) It was the Temple of Dagon. It was the Temple of Dagon. And so the uh, first person to answer that cor- correctly was Buddy. He, he, missed, he misspelled it, must have. Diana then Dagon. Brandon, you were such a close second. TJ was such uh, such a close one. Really, really good job. Dragob, not, <laughs> he must pay for fast internet. My Lord, he's cleaning up. He's cleaning up. My God. This is fun. Love you, TJ. Love you guys. That was excellent. All right, so those of you guys that won, here's what we're going to do before I pray for you. Those of you that won, please send an email to jenna at miracleword.com. Let her know how many gift cards you won and uh, and let her know for how much. And uh, we can obviously watch the replay. So, you know, you can't put like, I want a gift card for $1,000. However, she might be in a place to believe that. And if she is, she's fired. We will fire her for the 278th time. Happy birthday to Zach Wilson. I love you so much. Uh, Let me pray for you guys today. I'm coming back tonight. Don't forget, uh, every night we're doing these sessions on the Spirit of Faith at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to be back again tonight for the Spirit of Faith sessions, and uh, you're not going to want to miss it, man. Tonight's going to be a powerful, powerful one, and uh, it's going to be great. So get back with me at 7, but let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus I pray you touch every person watching this broadcast. Let their faith be stirred up, be built up. Give them the greatest weekend of their life that they've ever had. Let joy fill their home. Let peace fill their home. I pray that healing would fill their body. Touch them by the power of your spirit. Use them, change them. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, your word says we can ask you for wisdom in these final moments of time. Give us wisdom to understand your word and to have revelation of your word to be able to give an answer to those that ask about the hope and the belief that we have on the inside of us. Lord, fill us with your glory. Fill us with your power. Use us mightily in these final moments of time. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to sow a seed today, I want to encourage you to do that. Sow a seed by faith, and uh, I know that the Lord's blessing you. We have very, very generous, and wonderful people that watch this broadcast and that are connected with our ministry. And I want to say that I love every one of you so much. It's one of my favorite things to be able to be on the broadcast with you guys and talk to you, answer questions, teach you. I consider it uh, a privilege and an honor because um, I not only is this my purpose, and God's called me to do this, but I thank God for you. And I thank God that you're in the kingdom. And I thank God for your faithfulness. To see you guys logging on every time we we come live uh, means a lot to me. I really love spending time with you here and uh, appreciate you so much. Buddy, I love you. And uh, Caitlin, we love you too. All of you, Ted and Ashley, those of you that are on, we love you guys. And uh, we appreciate you so much. If you'd like to sow a seed, and we thank you to the, everybody that's doing that. Thank you, Brandon. You can do it on, at using hashtag donate as others are doing right now, or you can go to miracleword.com and uh, sew there or partner there. You can also use Cash App and Venmo and PayPal. And if you'd like to mail a check, you can do that as well. But um, we thank you. We literally say thank you to every person that's doing that. And of course, March is coming to an end. And uh, for those of you that are sewing and those of you that um, have sewn, we're asking you to do us a favor. If you've given at least $85 or more this month and you'd like to receive this book, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power, I want to ask you if you would to go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and fill out that form so that we have your address to mail it to you when it's released uh, so that we know who because certain things like cash app and others we don't have the address of those that give so we need to know where we can send uh, your copy of the book and it'll be a massive blessing to you and of course more and more of these are going out in the mail this this is the uh, life application study bible in the New Living Translation, filled with tools to help you study the word in depth, filled with notes, filled with timelines, all kinds of things to help you understand the background of the word of God. Uh, All this, and in genuine leather, it's a phenomenal tool and a wonderful Bible. We're sending these to everybody that's partnering with us at $1,000 or more and uh, that are standing with us to believe God for this nation and other nations to be shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. So I wanna say a big thank you uh, to you guys for standing with us like that means a lot we really love you don't forget resurrection sunday's coming up and we have uh, not only this bible reading mission for your kids and a new one's coming out for the for the month of april but also on top of all that we have at miracle word kids uh, for bible reading missions and all of that we've also put something together for easter for your kids and it's the miracle word kids easter box the resurrection sunday's coming up we're giving you a shirt in the box, candy in the box, um, a journal in the box, a slap bracelet, the Easter story, a Miracle Word Kids Tumblr, uh, screw on top. It's a phenomenal box. And for only $40, you're getting all kinds of stuff. The box itself is awesome. We had that custom design, design with our uh, full color with our logo and our confession that your your kids can uh, can keep it and keep their stuff in it. Just keeps it in front of their eyes, the confession. And everything. So those are available right now at shop.miracleword.com. And if you didn't know, a brand new email went out to you guys today from me. And if you don't receive our uh, emails, let me inc- encourage you to go to miracleword.com forward slash live. Sign up and we'll send you emails often. And for those of you, if you've never done it before, I have a brand new uh, gift for those of you because you've never been a part of this. It is the Praise, Laugh, Repeat devotional. And uh, it's a 40-day ebook devotional that will bring you into overwhelming joy from the Word of God. We're sending it to you as a gift, absolutely free for those of you that join us to receive those emails. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Let me. Did you guys know we had this? And I appreciate those that are posting this on on Instagram and stuff. We have the Whole Blood on the Door pack available. You have the book and you have the workbook, the study guide that'll help you take you through the teaching. These are available now in ebook form or on the uh, website and paperback and also on Amazon. And so I want to encourage you, especially during this time, it's something you need to hear. It's a revelation you need to have. Um, Absolutely, Tammy. You can send in questions about the tithe, all that. No question. We'll be happy to answer them on the next one. Don't forget, I'll be back tonight, 7 p.m. Don't miss it. I'm going to take you out with this jam that we found from Indiana Bible College written by Eddie James. Phenomenal song, Power. Talking about the Holy Ghost. I love it. I love every one of you. Thanks for hanging with me today. Thanks for playing. Thanks for the questions. I'll see you in just a few hours. 7 p.m. Spirit of Faith Sessions. Talk to you later.
0: of stuff leaders should be made of.